0: Welcome to Tilly at Home with Hannah Barrett and Maud Hurst. So it was so lovely to get a chance to talk to these two very amazing, inspirational women, ahead of them headlining the Wanderlust 108 Festival, which is on Saturday the 31st of July in Battersea Park. So check it out, and if you don't know about Wanderlust, it's a brilliant one-day festival. It's also the world's only mindful triathlon. So you go down to Battersea Park, you you put down your mat, you start off the day with breathwork, with the breath guy who's amazing and then they do a group fitness class this is the first year they're doing a group fitness class because they used to do a run but actually I think I'd prefer a group fitness class and also it's with P Mac who was my guest on the last week's podcast and he is really refreshing and very entertaining and I'm sure he's going to put people through their paces. The second leg of the mindful triathlon will be a flow yoga with Hannah and Shiva who's another amazing yoga teacher and then they do a guided meditation with Maud Hurst So in between that, there's lots of food, great stores to go and check out. It's a really fabulous event run by some great people. Amazing chance to connect with the community and lots of like-minded people and have some fun. There's fab music, Tom Middleton is DJing and also my great mate Roy the Roach. He'll be playing too, so go and check him out. So, yeah, and you can go to the Cooler Market. It's got great stalls. You can go and get some yummy food. They have the Nola Bar with lots of drinks. Plus, there's loads of little events, different yoga kind of pop-ups going on. Really recommend it. It's really a lot of fun. So if you can get down there on Saturday the 31st, you should. And if you can't make it this year, you can actually live stream the event, which is the first time they've ever done that. So so for tickets, go to uk.wanderlust.events and use the code... WLUK Tilly at Home with and you can get a 15% discount off the tickets and so on with today's episode so Hannah Barrett is a leading London based yoga instructor with a passion for helping people to transform their lives through yoga she enables students to find their strengths and develop their own self practice while breaking down complex poses to make them fun and accessible to all she's recently released her first ebook Strength Through Yoga and she has a Hannah Barrett yoga app Hannah's mission is to share the power of yoga with as many people as possible. We also will be chatting with Maud Hurst. So Maud is the founder of the bespoke mindfulness company energyrise.co.uk, specializing in making mindfulness accessible to all. Like Hannah, Maud is also a leading wellness practitioner based in London, running a virtual members club for the mind, a meditation app and wellness retreats, teaching meditation, yoga, movement meditation and energy healing globally. By exploring different brainwaves, Maud's classes connect you more deeply to yourself and improve physical and mental well-being. By exploring different brainwaves, Maud's classes connect you more deeply to yourself and improve physical and mental well-being. So, if you want to see these two girls headlining Wonderlust. Check them out, they're absolutely amazing. Get your tickets, uk.wonderlust.events, and use the code W L U K Tilly at home with. And as I said before, if you can't actually make the event, then you can live stream the event. So check that all out on their website, uk.wonderlust.events. Right, let's get on with the show. Okay, thanks for coming to the podcast, Hannah and Maud. It's very exciting. Thank you for having us. And you guys haven't actually met in person before, have you? No, this is the first time we've had many a. Zoom, but not yeah. That's so nice. I know we
1: feel like we know each other, but this is yeah. It's kind. I do feel like I know you. Even now you've shown up, I'm like, yep got yeah. you.
0: <laughs> I feel like I know both of you because I've been doing your courses, and I've been doing the ten day yoga one on the Wanderlust TV. Yes. Which is what like broken down into little sections every day and yeah. different. It's so good. Enjoying it. You know, I really enjoyed it actually because I felt like as you went through the ten days, what you'd learned before. You could build on for the next day, you know? And I was feeling, and it's funny because I was thinking, God, I'm feeling quite strong. And then I realized that you've written a book called Strength Through Yoga and that your sort of ethos is about people becoming strong through yoga. And I thought, that's perfect because that's exactly what I felt like.
2: Good. I'm glad that I'm glad it worked. So yeah, we I I tried to design it so it built on from each other because it's quite it's quite intense in times. Do you wanna know a secret? So we filmed it here in the Bingham and we filmed the whole thing in one day. And by the end I was exhausted. Yeah. Like absolutely exhausted. Like the classes were like half an hour long and they are pretty intense. That's amazing, yeah. yeah. The Wonderland's team were just like, How are you still going?
0: <laughs> I was trying to cram the 10 days because I thought it doesn't matter if you actually don't do it over 10 days, just do it in the sequence. Absolutely, so yeah. I've been doing like three a day. And last night, my husband was like, Oh, I'm really tired. He's like, you do so much yoga. I <laughs> know. Oh, so, but you can do it like that. I don't think I could have done it in one day. I just, okay. but it's amazing. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. And so, is that what you want people to do? Is that your thing with yoga? You want people to feel stronger? in life or how does it yeah
2: exactly stronger in their body more balanced because i have seen quite a lot of injuries in yoga from over what's the word i'm looking for basically people going too much into the flexibility side and so i'm bringing more balance in with the strength aspect but also you feel it you carry it off the mat i don't know if you felt that but you feel strong in your body and then you take that feeling off your mat and you generally like that's why yoga has transformed my life because i feel so strong and resilient off the mat from my yoga practice
0: yeah and I was um reading about you got into the yoga was it after you're having children and did you have like tricky births or postnatal stuff to deal with yes yeah, so um I
2: had always done yoga like on and off and then when I w- w- just before we got married actually I was really stressed so I used to, I did something completely different I used to worked in finance for 10 years mm-hmm. as an actuary which is basically like super mathsy. I did a maths degree like completely the opposite of what I do now and then I I fell pregnant really quickly after our wedding so I started a daily practice and I completely fell in love with it, it completely transformed my pregnancy, helped make me kind of happier, calmer and just more connected and then for the birth and motherhood as well and then I decided um, a year or so later that I wanted to be a teacher, I did a year-long teacher training and then when I finished um, just at the end of the teacher training I fell pregnant with my daughter the idea sorry, for strength for yoga came about, which I wrote with a physiotherapist, an amazing physiotherapist, Fanoda. And during that pregnancy, like literally my sons had been like textbook, he was a little bit small but apart from that, the whole birth and the pregnancy had been fine. But because he was small, they monitored me more and then literally, from about 18 weeks, they were like, come back in two, in two weeks, come back and like it got kind of scary and scary until the point where they were like, right, you can't leave the hospital until you've seen a consultant. So I'm like sitting there with my husband and they're like, right, I think I was about 34 weeks. They're like, you're going to have this baby early. She's not growing. Um, We knew it was a girl. She was, she's not growing um, in the right we want. We don't think your placenta's functioning properly. So you're going to have her between 35 and 37 weeks. We just got to weigh up what the benefit of her being in and being, um, and, you know, thriving inside and then thriving outside, whatever. And then literally we went home, packed the hospital bag. And I think it was that night or the night after I then woke up. Um, in the middle of the night, and I was like, "Something's not right." And I got up to go and like get some like cold water because I wanted her to move. And I literally there was just so much blood, and I thought I was having a miscarriage, and it was just it was it was horrendous. And my husband, who's like so calm in like he's just always really rational and super calm, like he freaked out. And I was like, "God, if he's freaking out, like i um, you know, it's something. It's not it's not good." But anyway, I got rushed to hospital in ambulance. They, um, they had like a partial placental abruption, so they're, like she can't stay in any longer, but we want you to try and go for a natural birth because there's lots of benefits for Prammy babies being born yeah. um, naturally, basically because of X, Y and Z and their lungs, basically the main thing. So then I'm like induced and, and then I, I start bleeding again. So then I'm like priority to go into the labor ward and then they're like I'm like I'm so scared and the whole thing because I did hypnobirthing with both my kids and with my son like I could just get in the zone but the thing about hypnobirthing they're like can't have fear fear is going to cause pain so get rid of fear so i'm like terrified and i'm like trying to do my hip birthing it was so it was so scary but i was like in the mood i was like i'm going to break the waters and i was like why am i not like why is no one talking about the fact i'm bleeding like you know should i be having a c-section and i'm so scared of needles so like the fact that i said that i was so terrified of having a c-section but anyway so then they sent the doctor who said look we will see from your waters if you need to have a c-section obviously we're going to be monitoring the whole time Literally, they broke my waters and I think an hour later, my daughter was in my arms. It was mm-hmm. so quick. She was only four pounds and then she was kind of whisked away into NICU. Was and she then, 34 weeks then? She was 35 weeks at that point. Mm-hmm. So it's a cusp. she was just over a month early and she was so sick. Like that first week, she was like, she had what we found out afterwards. We just knew she had an infection, but she had sepsis and then she had jaundice. She couldn't eat. She couldn't breathe they were worried about her heart, at one stage they thought she had brain damage and it was literally, it's giving me chills thinking about it now, you can't, we knew the probability of her going into Nikki was really high, but you don't know what that means, you literally, someone says that to you and you're like okay, but then it happens and you're in that situation and it's really awful and I couldn't hold her, like I held her when she was born but then I wasn't allowed to hold her for like four days and it was really awful. But anyway so like i'm really like, I'm like i can't look at mord right now me and we'll mord are like oh, like oh my god oh my heart, like, <laughs> so anyway the, but like bring it so then i was like right this was like my practice of being in the present moment because like going like which is all that yoga teaches you to be here now like everything is right here because what the kind of what ifs were terrifying but also looking back i just wasn't i the whole trauma of what happened i wasn't ready to go there so I kind of kept going and then after a week she turned a corner and then started getting better very quickly and she was in NICU for about three weeks and then she came home and you know it's weird you go through this huge trauma but you walk away with your baby and I, I know people that haven't very sadly walked away with the baby from the hospital so I was like I can't you know I'm just going to bury that because I can't I'm so lucky and I'm so grateful that she's okay. But then, you know how it is, when you bury things like that, three months later, I literally was like, I I got diagnosed with PTSD and postnatal depression as well, and I was just like, I couldn't couldn't go on. Um, And then I got, you know, I then got therapy alongside like my yoga practice, and just like, not even just the moving part, just bringing in the other tools from yoga to help me, just mindfulness, meditation, just lots of journaling and things like that and just being kind to myself and having compassion that it was okay, that I actually wasn't okay and of course I wasn't gonna be okay because it was really traumatic. So that kind of gave me passion, not only to help mums but just generally just to help people like share the word, the benefits of yoga. Not that it's this magic pill because I get really frustrated when people like it's gonna cure everything because it's not gonna cure everything. Different people need different things but it will give you some strength and tools to kind of bring that calm in the chaos. Okay, wow. I'm gonna talk, stop talking now. It's so inspiring!
0: Wow. Yeah, that was amazing. That's an amazing reason for. Well, it's, it it, ha- it worked for you, so that's like the best way, I suppose, to be able to share it with other people. Yeah. When well, you've gone through something. Gosh, sad. more. <laughs> well, I want
1: to follow that. That'll be my heart. <laughs> but it's amazing because everyone does have a story from. Not necessarily from trauma, but often it is from trauma to finding this work and why people get so passionate about something that's changed their life. It's always amazing to hear the stories behind yeah. the practice, I think.
0: I've been doing your meditation, the ten day path of self-love. And your voice is like so transporting, like and it's been so amazing. I was really thinking that it's like it's like a sort of energy work as well with the meditation, because you're talking about the things that are that I don't, it's like, what don't you love about yourself? I mean, you say it in a much more eloquent way. Yeah, I'm
1: trained in energy healing as well, in theta healing, and I do unconsciously bring that into everything I do, whether I'm teaching yoga, meditation, uh, or energy healing, but it it is all connected. For me, it's energy is, we are energy. Everything is energy. So I read recently, it's like we, the physical body is made up of the matter, you know, the bones, the flesh, And then under that is the energy body, which is like just energy and breath. And so when you really connect into your body and breathe, you are connecting into that energetic place. Um, And I think one of the things I love doing is making things feel easy that so-called are complicated or like mystical. It's not that difficult to breathe and connect to yourself. And I think so often people put this like mystical spin on things that make it feel really unapproachable. And one of the things, my whole ethos is making things approachable because I think... People are scared to try new things. People are scared to do energy work and meditation and yoga. And really all you're doing is connecting back to yourself and breathing and the body, once you get out of the mind, once you get out of the logical, your body knows all of the answers. Whether it's through movement and yoga, whether it's through meditation or breathing or energy work, all I'm really getting you to do is to feel. So getting out of your head, getting out of the chatter. And once you're in that place, it is like energy stuff starts moving emotional things move and i think the magic is is really the breath and just getting people out of the overthinking analytical mind which we're taught to live in most of the time i think
0: yeah and it's interesting because you like you were saying it you would think that it was too difficult to do that sort of stuff for yourself or you think you need to have a therapist or someone actually in the room healing you but it's your brain is very quick to go. Okay, you want to know where your problem is. This is where your problem is, you know, or this is where you're stiff. And like in, like in your in Hannah's yoga as well, it's like, do you have stiffness there? I'm like, oh my god, I really do have stiffness in my hips. It's that you know, it's like stuck emotions and frustration. And so it's it's you know, like you said, it's it's actually easy to do it for yourself. I mean, obviously with you guys doing the guided, you know, the meditation, the yoga, so that guides you through it. But it's easier than you might think it would be and I always think that maybe that's what puts people off because they think oh, I'm never going to be able to meditate I'm never going to be able to get into those yoga positions but it's not really about like the end goal it's about like for me it was sort of just as seeing the progress quite quickly over doing your both your courses so that's um yeah. the
2: accessibility point is such a big point like I'm really passionate about it as well just as you say people can make it actually really complicated and really unapproachable like that's you know, I'm not spiritual, so I can't do that, but it's so not true, and it's like meditation, I always say to people, just try it, because they think they should try it, and it's easy, and that they're going to try it once, right, and I'm like, well, if you wanted to press into a handstand, you would never think, I'll go to the mat, and just, you know, it's going to happen, you've got to practice. Totally, Um, and I think with meditation,
1: people often have that fear of, I need to be able to just quieten my mind, and that's what people go into this, like, okay, the mind's going to stop, and so when they sit and everything gets louder and it doesn't quieten, they're like, hey, I can't do meditation, it's not for me, I'm not that kind of person. So when I first started, I I really don't come from a religious or spiritual background. My family are very academic science-headed, and um, so I was like, how am I going to convince the people that I love the most that this stuff works? Because it was so profound for me. So I worked with a neuroscientist, and I was like, I need to know... In like layman terms, how what is happening in my brain, so that I can then tell people step by step by step, like, are we aiming for the mind to completely quieten? Is it in fact true that we can get there on a scientific level? And this amazing neuroscientist who specialized in mindfulness said, It's just not true. Like, basically, what mindfulness does, or what meditation does, is there's three different points in the brain that get activated there's the awareness state when you first start concentrating, whether it's like you're concentrating on the breath or the guidance. And then your mind inevitably wanders because it's a thinking machine, that's what it's designed to do. So your shopping lists come in, or your body pain come in, or whatever it is that you get distracted into. And then the aim is to catch your mind wandering and bring it back to this awareness state. And it's in that three-part process that is meditation. Like meditation isn't about just being in a nothing state, it's in the process of like that mind sweep of Awareness, distraction, back to awareness and then the more you do that you get more and more practice and you spend more time in the awareness state and then so it's just a practice of Yeah, catching the mind. Yeah, because mind, I, mind.
0: Yeah, I think I read you saying that it's not about not having the thoughts It's about learning to be the observer of the thoughts and I love as well Like you said the breath then just brings you back into the present because as you're breathing in and out That's happening right now. So that's an easy way to lock into being present yeah, yes, it You've got it. On day seven of yours, actually. It's really good. It's funny with meditation as well, because you always think, well, people often think, oh, I haven't got time to do it. And I found, because you start off with a, a couple of, you know, 15 minutes, and then you do them longer and longer. Actually, it's so nice doing them that I'm getting, I'm building up to the longer ones. And it's interesting as well, because I feel like the, that you feel like you haven't got time because you've got so much going on, but actually with the meditation, you can think about what you're doing and and i was reading you were saying about that like you can actually process your thoughts and what you've got coming up kind of while you're doing the meditation so then if you've got a really busy day you might just be a bit more ordered or organized or focus on what you've actually got to do so it kind of gives you time a
1: hundred percent i mean there is a like, like a famous saying in the kind of meditation world but if you feel like you don't have enough time to meditate you need to meditate for longer because the idea of meditation is that it brings calm and clarity and so when you all of us wake up in the morning and we have a routine that normally we go into panic stations before we've even left the bed whether we've picked up our phone or whether we've you know run around kids or whatever it is that you have going on by the time you've sat to get focused we're so busy already if you just focus for 15 20 minutes in a meditation at the beginning of all that you learn to prioritize and like what's really important today and you kind of clear out all the chatter. And then when you start your day, you're like, okay, I need to do all these tasks. And i gain gained so much more time than when I meditate than when I don't
0: yeah so it's, it's like as well. mm. so yeah. it's like life sort of happens to you doesn't mm. it all day you like, get barraged by stuff but i guess if you've had a clear intention of what you want to do
2: i always think as well reframe the um i haven't got time because and, and think of it like well that's not my priority and if you if you say it like that you're going to be like no actually it is my my priority is actually meditating today so make it your priority make time even if you get up 10 minutes earlier i always say to people um so never say i don't have time yeah. you just
0: you know often people go oh i'm so busy And I'm so busy. And if I ever catch myself saying, I'm so busy, I just think, that's actually really annoying because it's only me that's making me really busy. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can have busy times at work or busy times at your family, but you kind of the architect of what happens to you. So if you say, oh, I'm too busy, I haven't got time to exercise, I haven't got time to meditate, it's kind of bullshit really, isn't it? Because it's like, I mean, from doing your 10-day courses, I mean, some of them are like 20 minutes long, 25 minutes long, and you feel like you've had a good workout You've relaxed and you stretch. That's like twenty minutes. Yeah. So that everyone has twenty minutes, right? I
2: know, and that, I, that's one of the kind of hindrances for people to do yoga because they think they need sixty minutes, and for it to be this big thing. And actually, I can do a five-minute practice and feel amazing after doing that. Like it doesn't have to be this huge thing.
0: You can, yeah. You can chop it up. And I love the way that you break it down as well. So you're just doing like bits of like bits of the yoga um asanas and sort of breaking down the movements of those specifically so rather because I think that's I've always come from a um, traditional of like okay I'm going to do yoga it's going to be an hour and it's the whole flow sequence that you'd kind of do but actually what you do is like break it down and kind of get quite close in like sort of zoom in on on the what you're actually doing which is really good well,
2: well. so I'm very anatomical so I'm sure some people hate the way I teach like if you're super spiritual and just love to feel into the poses but like i'm really interested in anatomy and like making sure that you know we're being safe in our bodies and modifying as much as you need to for your body because we're all different we're all made up differently but um so yeah
0: i, I love the anatomy side
2: and like yeah. really zooming in i know
0: i loved it and it's interesting even like things with flexing your uh, wrists and your hands and your feet in different ways to how we use them normally. I was like trying to go put my foot back and I was like oh that really like really hurt and I always think that I'm quite flexible but I actually haven't been doing yoga as regularly as I have done at certain times and I really noticed that not having the flexibility in some places. Yeah and we
2: always concentrate on the bits that we're good at as well me included so like you you were saying when well, you going on the top of the foot, right? So like the yeah. front side, yeah, the front that is pretty intense. The yeah. first time I did that, I was like, oh, but then after a few weeks of doing that, you'll 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 be okay. Yeah, so you kind of
0: build it up. Yeah, you kind of yeah you, and that's what's so nice about both of them. You get better at them, don't you? So like I feel this week that I'm better at yoga and I'm getting quite good at meditation now not that not that it's about that so but. You be, yeah you can't
1: get better or worse but it is called a practice because of that it's like it's not end. as you said at the beginning it's not end result driven it's about the journey and it's about making it a practice so that you feel unjudging of yourself but it's amazing i think meditation and yoga are two of the things i've done in my life that are the quickest to improve at. Like unlike anything else, like other sports or instruments, take forever. But I think with like, if you make something consistent, like yoga meditation, it's, it's amazing how quickly. I mean, the ten day challenges, for example, but like, it's amazing what you'd feel, the difference you feel, and how secure in your body you feel after just 10, 10 days. I think.
2: Yeah. And the and the feeling better or you know whatever better is that's just gonna spur you on to do it more. So mm-hmm. it is you know it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing. Some people find it really hard at the beginning, and it can take like, months to. To kind of see changes in the body and like it can be really hard meditation i always find has ups and downs doesn't it you feel like oh yeah i'm getting this and then you have like it go start going downhill you're like oh god this is so hard um but it's just about yeah as you say knowing it's a journey
0: yeah and how and so how did you get into the meditation because i know that you're an actress and i was thinking you're very good at the storytelling of the meditation is very uh, is really amazing and i was thinking that's that's kind of a performance from you that maybe comes from your acting background, do you think?
1: Yeah, maybe. I think it's been a really interesting journey for me coming from from acting. In fact it's kind of been an unraveling and I can see why the acting world has really helped me in this in this world. But I kind of I, so I was an actress before and then I finished filming in a TV show after filming for five years in a Show Vikings, which was an amazing experience. But there was a part of me, even when I was doing a thing that I always had trained to do and felt like this is, you know, the dream job and it was making me, my um, awareness grow in America So I was spending time between both places, there was still a part of me that wasn't really deeply happy at the center of myself. And then I went through a big breakup, had to sell my house really quickly and got ill and it was just like this big crazy time. And then instead of kind of going into the darkness of it, which was very easy to, easy to do at that moment, I just had this awareness of there's an opportunity to really look at the things I haven't looked at for a long time and ask myself, like, what truly makes me happy? And I did the very obvious going to yoga retreat to find myself, <laughs> and I, but I'd never really done yoga before that. I'd done it kind of a little bit, but not properly. And, and I, it was on that retreat that I was like, I f- I'm feeling for the first time. I've always been that person that was fine. In any situation, like people would come up to me, and be, even when I was in the worst situation of my life, and I'd be like, I'm fine, I can, I've got this. And at that yoga retreat, I was like, I'm, I'm not fine, and, and actually, I'm okay to not be fine. And, and I was after that, I was like, I need to train in this just for myself. Go to a yoga training, and in the training, it was a very meditative and energy healing yoga experience. And I love teaching yoga so much. It was this opportunity for me to strip back the actress that was always fully made up, fully in, behind a script, fully behind a character. And my yoga training was like, stand in front of a room, being yourself with no mask. And I was like, I literally don't have to do this. I'm <laughs> terrified. And when I started doing that, I was like, this is, this is amazing. This is how people really connect. When you can share your vulnerability, when, and people re- reacted differently to me. I felt closer to people. Um, and then it was somehow, though, the meditation that kept kind of pulling me in. And I felt like what you were just saying about my storytelling, as cheesy as this sounds, I really felt like when I taught meditation, it was what I was always supposed to do. I've never traditionally trained in meditation, although I've definitely gone down a huge meditation journey. But my yoga training, when I'm teaching yoga, I'm aware of taking people on a journey and how to kind of guide people when I teach meditation I have no idea what I'm about to say I just sit and the words just it's like I don't know what's coming out and it just goes wow that's um, great. I really feel like it's like this calling that I was supposed to always and I kind of you were saying about my voice when I was younger from the age of like I was always tiny still am but, <laughs> <laughs> but like tiny weenie, and I had this really deep husky voice and everyone was like you don't look like the voice that comes out you hated it And then I started teaching meditation. I was like, oh, this is why I had the husky voice. Okay, I don't mind it anymore. Um, Yeah, and so then I kind of obsessively started meditation. Um, Maybe not obsessively, but I started meditating regularly. And again, it was just this realization of I really hadn't been connected to my body. And I I was loving finding out the complexities of myself and learning to love the bits that I hadn't, whether it be physical bits of me or, or emotional bits of me. And so I went to do a Vipassana, which is a 10-day silent meditation retreat where you do 10 hours a day of meditation. And it's just a deep, deep dive into yourself with the question, who am I really? And without the busyness of everyone else's thoughts and opinions, because I have a lot of loud people around me, who is more at the center of that? And the journey was just the most profoundly beautiful, terrifying experience, which made me realize stop overthinking everything everything in life is like energy and it's moving stop clinging on to an identity of yourself we are all moving evolving beings every day and it kind of took away so much of the fear of life and now i feel like i don't know i just want to share the magic of when you connect to yourself and you find this inner confidence which is not based on the external or what other people think of you there is so much like intrinsic magic and power that you can tap into and i just want everyone to have that Experience. Yeah, and it's not always easy, and that's like I'm I simplified by saying that no, it's a beautiful experience. Meditation can also be, I completely understand why it's challenging, and you know, sitting for long periods of time is not what everyone would choose to do. And also, there's a lot of fear around what comes up when you connect to yourself for a lot of people because we don't often analyze our life and sit in the feelings of it. But my experience is it's been the resistance to feeling it that is much worse than the actual feeling of it. So, even if it's a heavy emotion that you have to work through. In meditation, it's like a gentle place to work through it because you feel it, you understand what, why you went through it and you can bring like love and compassion to it. Whereas in life, trying to understand why you acted in certain ways or did certain things can feel quite a brutal experience. And I think, um, yeah, it's not that I'm just trying to simplify and be like, meditation is beautiful and easy and lovely, but it, it also does have that effect long term, I think.
0: Yeah, and I think that it gives you the power to sort of help yourself. Whereas if something happens outside, say you go to someone's house and someone says something or you say, then you're always asking a friend, oh, did I do this or should I have said that? Or, you know, it's very external, like, was I okay? Did I say the wrong thing? You know, but with the with the meditation, things come up for yourself. But then you kind of so it's quite private as well. You know, it's not something that you necessarily have to share in a big group. With your yoga, Hannah, this week, Couple of times when you had done the readings, I suddenly started crying.
2: Did you yeah,
0: like little reading. things. That I love the readings. I was like little things. I was like oh, Josh was like, "Why are you crying?" I was like, "I just finished the yoga course, and I was just thinking about children." And like, you know, he was like, "Oh my god, do you want dinner?" I can't get up to it. But I think it. Does. It's funny how it. I don't know whether that's the. Wait, all this when you're stretching and they have these emotional blockages whether that's kind of is that what happens why you suddenly feel kind of emotional is, yeah
2: absolutely some people say that and sometimes it's just kind of being feeling heard as well I always find that people cry of, um, at the oh the one about the emotions it's actually Glennon Doyle um, reading I can't remember if I quoted it I didn't know it was hers but it's all it's just about feeling heard and I really felt unheard when I was younger and I used to be called sensitive like highly emotional and I have just I've just realized over the past however many five years or so that I'm it's okay to have emotions like it's okay to be sensitive it's like isn't that actually a good thing that you're in touch with yourself um, and what you said then as well um, what meditation has taught me and this sounds so cheesy when I say sat alive but it's just to like love yourself and like actually believe in yourself so what other people think of you it doesn't matter as long as you're being true to yourself, I like for me that is just the most important thing, Maud, I've got a question for you. What kind of meditation are you drawn to, or do you do lots of different ones? I do lots of different ones. My own
1: practice, Vipassana, the the one that I did the long ten days, is um, like basically just body scanning. So it's just about really like getting away from it having to be a vision that you go on or taking people on a journey, it's literally just you sitting with yourself and body scanning, which I do a lot of that myself in my personal meditations because it's about really feeling what every single tiny bit of your body feels in the moment. Yeah. So I love that because my whole ethos is away from the mind into the body. But when I teach, I work a lot with the theta brainwave, which yes. is the brainwave between asleep and awake, and that place is just like the dream state. And I love guiding people into that place because it's, it allows people again to disconnect from the busyness of life and, and the mind and just get into a really sensual experience, I think. Oh, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, it
2: does. I'm, I, I'm drawn to like mantra meditation. Mm-hmm. I, I love the quite bit quietness and being able to like literally do it anywhere. And I try and like do it in busy places as well. Cause I remember when I did the training in it, they were like, don't just get used to doing it. And I was realized that I was just meditating, meditating sort in a quiet room and things were annoying me like i could hear my husband like banging the plates or something and i'd be like oh my god and then i was like no actually that's not the point like just and so now i'll like do it with the kids around and i'll have them coming up to me going "Mummy, what are you doing or the dog sniffing my face and it's like i don't know the challenge is good
1: Imagine I don't have kids yet, but I imagine all of this stuff with kids adds another layer of having to be fully present and like yeah. accepting that noise is part of the journey of it constantly.
0: Yeah, for sure, definitely. Actually, I think that's thats actually the nice thing about kids that I found is that whatever's going on in your life, when you walk into the house and they go, Mom, where's my sports kit? Oh, I'm really hungry. or oh, I've got a headache." Or it—it it takes you away from all your stuff in a way. So it, they do kind of make you quite present. But know, also nice. watching
2: them, like watching them experience something for the first time. I always give the example of my son. The first time I think he was like two and we'd never gone out in the rain to just go out in the rain. So we went with a brolly and he was just like, wow. Like he was really blown away and like jumping the puddles he loved. And I was just like, this is, you know, it's the small things, right? It's the small things yeah. that are actually the big things, which I think we've all learned over the past year when we've been... You know, they've been, the small things have been taken away from us, right? I love watching your kids sit on your platforms and just, like,
1: seeing when you do it. And, and I read a quote recently, that your kids don't do what you say, they do what you do. Yeah. And I, I, it, it kind of seems that way, that like your kids literally imitate what you're doing. It's such a beautiful...
2: There's a really beautiful quote by Rumi, and I'm going to, like, I'm going to ruin this. Flowers don't grow from thunder. They grow from, like, you know, basically just saying, like, don't raise your voice. You, you know, be the... I'm. I'm I <laughs> exactly what you said. Like you know, you've got to model the behaviour for your children. Otherwise, you can't expect them. Yeah, you know?
0: lead from behind. They say, don't they? So yeah. like, be that calm or be that. I used to do the thing with my kids. So I'd be like, keep the water in the bath. <laughs> like instead of saying, stop putting the water out of the bath, because otherwise you realise because you're going, don't do that. Stop no, that. Yeah, don't no, run no, on the no, road. No, so no. I used to say stay on the pavement, stay on the pavement, you know, because otherwise you're saying negative things to them all the time, that's so funny. Yeah,
2: it's, it, it's exactly that, isn't it? But also the thing that I do as well is that I used to be a really bad perfectionist when I was younger and I'm, I really want to try and avoid my children thinking that that's how you need to, like everything needs to be perfect. So when I screw up, say for example, a couple of weeks ago, everything went wrong before the school run, oh my God, it was, so, it was such a stressful morning and I ended up just shouting, like, I was just like, everyone get their shoes on. And like, kids looking at me like, what is going on? But then as we were walking to school, I was like, guys, I'm so, mummy's so sorry for shouting, I shouldn't have done that. The reason why I did is because we were running late, I've got it, you know, and I gave them the reasons to show, you know, we're all human. We're not robots. We're all going to screw up and that's okay. Um, yeah,
0: I think that comes over as well in your with with everything you do with your yoga because you go sometimes you'll do a position you'll be like I can't actually do this and this is one I can't do like you'll show all the positions that you can't do I think that's really nice to see because you're like oh okay well she's a professional <laughs> yoga guru she can't do that that's actually really <laughs> nice
2: but yeah no we can't do everything actually I've done a few posts recently about like poses I find really hard because of the anatomy of my body and because I prefer working on strength over flexibility. And so many yoga teachers with me go, thank you so much, like I can't do the splits and I'm a yoga teacher and I thought I was failing. And you're just like, no, that's yeah. it's okay. Yeah. You don't, it's not, it's not about the poses, it really isn't. Because you know, you give a hypermobile person you, who's never done yoga before, put them in a yoga class, they'll probably be able to do crazy things for their body. But that's not necessarily a good thing because they might have issues in later life and actually
0: they need to work on strength. So, Wanderlust is coming up, and you are both going to be teaching, that's very exciting. Headlining,
1: really excited, and also after this year when we've all had so much separation, it feels like the perfect thing to be back in a big group of people, the energy of having that many people together after this year, and doing wellness, I think so many people have been introduced to wellness this year more than ever before, I've certainly noticed that with meditation, so many more people starting. Yeah, so to be with people that maybe haven't even done it before and just collectively coming together, there's always an amazing energy in big groups.
2: And also just being in Battersea Park as well and being outside in nature. I don't know about you, but every time I see, because it's got a hashtag and it's the hashtag for Wanderlust is back together. And every time I read it, I'm like, oh God, I can't wait. I'm so excited to just, you know, be together. It's going to be really fun. I think because it's all very different as well. P Mac is doing the fitness is hilarious. Like, I can't wait. I think it's going to be so fun. And then you've got me and Shiva, who are like opposite end of the spectrum as a teachers. She's amazing, obviously, so much experience. But like, we're both going to bring very different things to the flow. And then you've got then you've got the lovely Maud to like send us off into our zen space. And, yeah. and also, there's an amazing live music.
1: So oh, yeah. and just doing everything for me gets heightened when there's. A live DJ because it's that the music adds so much, and particularly with with how I am sure with yoga as well, but particularly like in meditation, there's just a, a different element that happens when there's when there's a live soundtrack.
0: Here, so there'll be music on stage with yeah, you while Tom you're Milton,
1: doing it, and the DJ is doing all of us I think it's all of it, and he's yeah. so
2: passionate. Like, did you read his email yesterday? Yeah. Like, I was like, I'm maybe even more excited. Like, just saying, like, you know, this is his passion. This is his. This is his jam, basically, isn't it? It's going to be amazing. Um.
0: So. Wonderless. There's loads of other brilliant things going on as well. There's a cooler market for shopping, and there's the Nolo Bar, which has the Seedlip spirit drinks, oh, which yeah. is really good, no hangover there. And um, they're also doing it online, so you can you can live stream the event as well. So if you actually can't make the event, you can. This is the first time they've ever done it, so. People can live stream it and buy a live stream ticket for like five pounds, I think. Yeah, it's and, reasonable. Yeah, and we've got a discount code, um, W L U K. Tilly at home with for people for fifteen percent off the tickets. Yeah, so we'll be there. It'll be great. And you guys both have amazing apps. I've downloaded both of your apps, and you've both got websites. I was going to ask you, like, for for girls who are wanting to set up their own businesses, would you, Hannah, have some advice? We need some tips.
2: Okay, first tip
0: is just go for
2: it. Don't let anything hold you back. And do what you're passionate about as well. If you are, I hate this word because I feel it's overused, but be authentic because if you're not, people are going to see that. And then also reach out to people like, I, um, one of my friends introduced me, for example, this amazing designer who I love. She's called Amber and she just helps me with little design bits here and there. And then from her, she's actually got a network of other kind of small women businesses and we all help each other. So then I met a videographer through there and um, people love to help other people. And I always think, just help other people grow as well. But the first step is just find something you believe in and just go for it. Just, you know, obviously plan it, but just take that leap. Um, okay, that's, that's
0: the first step, isn't it? Yeah, you just got to go for it. Okay, Maud, now we need your tips for amazing well, success. Very similar
1: <laughs> to I my I would say the first thing is don't wait to be ready because you are never ready and you're never qualified enough and you're never going to be as good as the next person next to you. Don't compare yourself, don't wait to be ready, just start. And start, it doesn't matter if what you put out first isn't the thing that you end up with either. So just start small, start with the first idea that you have, obviously, with a bit of. ideas behind you and knowing kind of exactly what you're passionate about but things change along the way again for me it's it's been a journey I I never thought I'd go into business I came from the acting world where I had agents that sorted my life out and then I was like oh gosh I'm supposed to be doing business now and I never trained in it I just was like I'm taking this leap of faith that what I will need along the way is going to happen and exactly as Hannah said collaboration is key knowing where your strengths are where your weaknesses are Hannah's incredible at collaborating, actually, and it's been one of my things as well. There's, this industry is lovely most of the time. Unlike the acting world, which is quite like an individual process until your onset. this is about how do we help each other. Together, we rise bigger and faster. Um, and so, yeah, just being brave. Feel the fear and do it anyway is one of the things I live by daily because you're constantly doing something outside of your comfort zone. And you either choose not to do it or just do it and then see what happens yeah and things always change and there's no right i think just go for it
2: Uh, yeah i'm gonna add one thing that was amazing agree with that but the other thing as well is to note that particularly for yoga teachers and i don't know if you get this with meditation as well there are so many of us out there particularly over the last year of covid like everyone is like okay well i'm I'm gonna do this as well so i get quite a few people asking me like well you know i'm 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 a nobody like i'm not gonna do this don't think that. There's always there's so many different teachers and styles of yoga and you might resonate with one people putting up but don't be put off by the fact that the, the marketplace is full. If you are if you love what you do and you're you're gonna you're gonna thrive. Don't let other people put you off.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting actually because I know, I can imagine people thinking that, but then the marketplace is is growing as well, right? As more people are coming to find yoga and realizing that they need meditation so i suppose there's always going to be room for more yes. teachers and you're going to need more people to, because the more people are getting into it so that's
1: and also as hannah was just describing at the beginning what what journey you've been on individually is what how you teach so for Hannah, you know, she's really interested in anatomy, so so much of that is the practice. So she will resonate with people that are really interested in anatomy. Yeah. The meditation I, I do will resonate with the people that, you know, want to tap into the kind of stuff that I teach. And so every teacher, if you're being authentic with who you are on your journey, you attract the people that resonate with that. So yeah. there's never, you there can't be enough teachers because everyone's going to resonate with the person that works
2: for them, I think. Yeah, don't try and be someone else as well. Be yourself. Like don't think or you know that teacher's amazing so I have to be just like them be yourself yeah
0: because I think that you do people do look around and go oh well, that person's really good I'm not going to be that yeah. good why am I doing this there's loads of other I mean I have it with <laughs> starting the brand the Asian Botanicals brand I'm like okay, I'm going to do a body oil but there's loads of body oils for certain there's loads of natural brands and it, it can be something that makes it's just maybe it's an excuse not to do it but it's, it's definitely syndrome. something you have to kind of yeah
2: imposter syndrome and I listened to a podcast one for Delisie Ella deliciously Ella and she was talking about it and she had a um, psychotherapist on who'd written a book about it which is really cool but um deliciously, Ella was saying that she gets imposter syndrome and didn't think she's good enough and I'm like whoa yeah you know, with your huge business like it was just really refreshing to hear that you know everyone has these doubts and as Maud said you are never ready you've just got to take the plunge. Yeah. otherwise you're going to spend your whole life getting ready and not not experiencing
0: it and so where does um apart from coming to wanderlust which i hope everyone's going to do where would you recommend people to find you do what do they go to your app do they go to your website what's your best contact point
2: um yeah check out my app hannah barrett yoga um i've got over 200 classes on there now a ton of challenges and my the literally sweetest community like right we've got a private facebook group and it's so supportive. People are really supportive. Making friends and, like, people are meeting up at one plus on it, which is lovely. Wow. Um, so, yeah, go check it out.
0: Yes, yeah, so you're loving your app. Yeah. I'm loving my app. <laughs> <laughs> and Maud?
1: I have a website, which is www.energyrise.co.uk. And I run a members club for the mind, which is an amazing community as well. We practice uh, weekly together yoga and meditation and energy healing. And then I also have an app, which is a meditation app
0: called Energy Rise. Yeah, it's beautiful. Both your, all the, the graphics and the design are beautiful on both of yours. I love them. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been such a treat to speak to you both. I feel very honoured. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Please take a moment to rate or review the show and also share it with anyone that you think might enjoy it. You can follow me on Instagram at Tilly at or email me tillyathomewith at gmail.com.